Welcome to another episode of the Nooner Podcast Show on the Smartco Internet Radio Network. I'm a host. My name is Marty. We, in honor of the impending Civil War, are taking the week off. So, in lieu of our normal rantings and in anticipation of the finale, the final episode of Buzzsaw 2, this again, Miami Nights, we are playing all current 10 episodes in order for your ear holes. So, send your emails about it to noonerpodcast at gmail.com, tweet at us, let us know what you think, and we will see you next Tuesday. Which side are you going to fight for? Alright, bye. Buzzsaw 2. This again, Miami Nights. Professor Linny Arity stands at the end of a pier. She holds the golden monkey paw in her hand. It shines in the light of the full moon. Damn you. She holds the golden monkey paw out over the water. Her hand trembles. You've really got your hooks into me, don't you, monkey paw? But I know your secret. I know what keeps you up at night. I have seen what you fear. She tries with all her might to release the amulet back into the sea. But it will not let her. It has unfinished business. Be gone, demon! Be gone and never return! You won't terrorize anyone ever again. You are gone from this world, forgotten, the one thing you fear. Linny leans over the edge of the dock. She sees the golden monkey paw floating on the black surface of the water. The paw transforms itself, extending its tiny golden middle finger, pointing it at Linny. And with that, the amulet slowly sinks below the surface. Little prick! Linny, satisfied that she has put the evil behind her, turns from the edge of the dock and walks back toward land. 
She steps on a nail, piercing through the top of her croc footwear. Oh, hot fucking wet Christ! She pulls her foot out of the nail. Oh, oh fuck my brown asshole, it hurts. Ow! Liddy careens backward, tripping on some boat gas. She falls on her back and onto a 20 aught fishing hook. It digs into her. God damn Robert fucking Gronkowski! She rolls over and tries to pull the hook out of her. Uh, oh, I know Mercury's in retrograde, but this is some bullshit. Struggling to find the hook in her back, Lenny's hand slips, and she smashes it into a mooring cleat, shattering her bones. Mike shitting pants my fucking hand! With everything she has, she reaches behind her and pulls the hook from her back. Lenny stands and turns back to the edge of the dock. I'm still standing, Golden Monkey Paw! Is that all you have? Is that the best you can do? That's what I thought. Linny turns and limps back down the dock. She reaches the sand and drags her bloody foot, smashed hand, and punctured back all the way to the parking lot. Her used Kia Soul, the only car there, is parked under a light. She reaches the door, placing her bloody hand on the glass to right herself. She reaches into her pocket. What? She checks her other pocket. Then her eyes spread wide as she looks into the used Kia Soul there, next to the stick shift. Below the aftermarket stereo from Costco, she sees her keys. Fifty or so metal keys, a dozen carabiners and a multitude of supermarket loyalty keychain cards just out of reach. Oh my God, I love this song. Turn it up. The weekend was underway as three young women drove to the lake house for their girls-only vacation. Becky, other Becky, and Tink speed down Route 101, having taken the two to the 134 heading north on the 5, then crossing the 118 until they hit the 405, which they took south towards the 101. Their Kia Sorento sped along the highway as they played their radio, singing along to the song. This weekend's going to be clank, Becky. They are young and speak in the language of their demographic. Clank for sure, Tink, but also Dipla and Gouda. Right, other Becky? Oh, you know it. This weekend is going to be ham all the way to Friday. Buzzsaw 2. This again? Miami Nights.
The girls arrive at the lake house. Becky and Tink are both hot blondes. Other Becky is okay looking. She's a brunette. Oh, my sweet Taylor Swift Jesus. I am getting such folklore vibes in this place. Yeah. Becky, how did you score this again? That's my little secret. (laughs) I know what that's code for. What? Let's just say a certain someone may know the owner, and that certain owner is willing to lend away his family's haunted cabin in exchange for a blowjob from a college girl. You're so nasty. Did you say haunted? Literally not that big of a deal, you guys. He's like 54. That's so weird. He looks so much older. Guys, is this place... When he came in my mouth, it had the consistency and the taste of Tums. Becky, what do you mean haunted? Becky flips her long hair and skips inside. Her shorts are so short, her butt cheeks hang out the bottom. Tink follows, but stops at the door. Other Becky is frozen in place. Come on, other Becky. It's gonna be okay. She was probably just joking. Other Becky grasps onto her backpack straps and walks inside. She's not very brave, because she's still a virgin. Becky sways in front of the record player. She runs her hands through her long hair and breathes in the lake air. I hope you guys are ready for margaritas. I'm going to find a place to put my stuff. Remember, I still have to write my thesis before the end of the weekend. Oh, yes. I forgot little Miss Yale needs to study on our girls trip. Tink hands out the margaritas. They are badly made and too strong. You guys won't even notice. Other Becky walks into a bedroom off the living room. Cheers. Cheers. Other Becky sets down her backpack and takes a seat on the bed. A puff of dust comes up from the sheets. This place is old. (coughs) She stands back up and takes in the items in the room. A mirror with a wooden frame. Long nails on the wall from where pictures used to be and a taxidermied animal head. Other Becky steps closer. Is that a monkey? Other Becky inspects the head slowly, careful not to touch it. Its mouth wide open and its teeth sharp like daggers. She reaches to touch one of the teeth when- Hey, bitch, are you drinking or what? Ah, shit. Sorry you scared me. This thing is just- It's just super freaky. Like, who has a monkey trophy on the wall of a lake house? I don't know. Who cares? It's dead. Becky takes other Becky's hand and drags her into the living room. Tink hands out shots. To having the best girls weekend. Ever. (laughs) Other Becky loosens her shoulders and puts on a smile. Salud! They drink. Man, I wish my family had something like this. A cabin or whatever? Tink, your mom and yours's FICO score added together probably couldn't even add up to other Becky's weight. (laughs) (laughs) Other Becky avoided Tink's gaze. They let Becky treat them like this because she was from Boston. But they knew, deep down, 
It was wrong. Well, I'll get started on dinner. I'm making a pork and plantain dish. Really? Yeah. I figured it might be fun to have a theme for our trip. Maybe Miami Nights? Oh my god, I love that. Miami Nights. Let's go see if they have any old clothes in this house to get us looking more Miami-themed. Are you sure your short shorts aren't Miami enough? It's more to find something other than those jorts for you to wear. Other Becky tugs at her jorts. She finds them convenient, but knows they look terrible. Becky struts into a second bedroom and opens up the closet. It appears empty before Becky notices the lanyard hanging from a hook in the back of the closet. What is this? Becky takes the lanyard in her hand and blows the dust off of the badge. (sighs) Professor Professor Lenny Arity? moment, Professor Linny Arity was back in front of a lecture hall full of college students, eager to learn. Neo meaning new and lithic. L-I-T-H-I-C. Yeah, it's difficult to spell left-handed, you know? Uh, Professor, I don't think that makes sense. Chad... Did I call on you? No, but... Put your hand up, and maybe I'll call on you, and then maybe you can ask a question or make a comment. Chad? Okay, whatever. My hand's up, in case you couldn't see it, because you're living in a radio drama like it's 1776 or something. Good. I'm ignoring it, in case you're living in a bubble of your upper-class white male privilege and are unused to having your every whim catered to. Whatever. Coos. This site also demonstrates of the great dangers of archaeology, not to life and limb, although that does sometimes take place, but I'm not talking about folklore. That's... Fuck. I don't think you can say that. Mm. Oh, watch that desk. Linny bends over to get the chalk. And bangs her head on the desk. Oh, my head! She falls on the ground. Oh, my back! (laughs) It looks like your back wound opened up again. Oh, shit, there's like blood seeping through your shirt! Ah, okay. Class dismissed. (laughs) Oh, hey, Professor? What, Chad? Is that supposed to be an L? Because it looks like a U, but U-I-T-H-I-C doesn't make any sense. Could you maybe help me up and hand me my crutches? No way. My dad told me to never help anyone who's injured. This is a surefire way to get sued. I'll help you up. Buzz. 
Yes, Lenny. It's me. But I... I thought you were dead. Rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. But your entrails were stretched all... It was a rough night. I'll give you that. Let me help you up. Ah, uh, uh, no, not that hand. Sorry. Ah, oh, watch the foot. Oh, and the head. Oops. Yeah, and the back. Dear God, what happened? Just an accident. A freak accident? Yeah, how... Did it happen when you were trying to toss, you know what, into the ocean from the pier? How did you know that? Buzz pulls out a newspaper. Look. Oh my god. What is it? Look. Uh, I never learned to read. Oh. Oh. Well, that explains a lot. What does it say? Up and down the coast, people are finding dead fish washing up on the shore. So? They all have five claw marks on them as if... Exactly. Then there are reports of pets and wildlife killed in the same way. It's a trail of death. Leading right here. Sawmill Lake. Dude, that place is awesome! During spring break, all the girls were taking off their tops. I must have seen like 57 tits. I have to go there. There might be people there. Young people. Young, attractive people. Young, attractive, sexually active people. Oh, can I come? Why? Well, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm young and sexually active, and I, I kind of need some extra credit because I'm totally failing your class. That might not be a bad idea. I can't go myself right now, and I wouldn't want you to go on your own. Chad, can you drive? My car is in the shop. What happened? My keys were so heavy it screwed up the starter. Oh, I don't have a car, but would it be too contrived if I got my two friends to go with us? They're both young guys, and one guy is black and the other is Asian. I think the story needs some more people of color. Sounds good. Are they as dumb as you are? I wouldn't say as dumb, but it's close. Sounds perfect. I'll meet you there later tonight. Perfect. Let's go. After a long, significant look at Buzz, Linny and Chad leave the room. They don't see Buzz's face change from concern to an evil anticipation. They also don't see the bright red glow that starts to emanate from his eyes. As he starts to laugh. In the New England state of Connecticut, in the tri-state area, 
The sun dips below the tree line on Sawmill Lake. On the quiet shore is a trail of dead fish, each ravaged by ragged claw marks. Claw prints dragging in the mud lead up from the shore towards a lake house, teeming with activity. Becky sways lazily to the music while Tink licks the inside of her margarita glass. Um, what is this music? This is so no getta. It's the only other record in the house. It must belong to the old man I blew. It's a band called. Who cares? More margaritas. Woo! Uh, hey, can you keep it down? I'm trying to finish my thesis. Outside other Becky's window, the golden monkey claw slowly scrapes its way up the side of the cabin. It's inches away from the sill. Uh, I really need to get a good grade so I can graduate, move to California, and host my own free podcast. And then I'll get laid and finally lose my virginity. She looks up at the stuffed monkey head on the wall, grinning at her with sharp, bared teeth. Ah, is it me, or did it just get cold in here? She walks over to the window. Oblivious to the gnarled monkey paw crawling over the sill, she slams the window shut, crushing the paw. The monkey on the wall screeches in agony. Other Becky rushes into the living room. What is it, Other Becky? Yeah, Other Becky, what was that grimy noise? Ah, the monkey yelled at me. The one in your rum? What? The one in your rum? Wait, my what? The one in your rum. The one in your rum. Rum, rum, rum. What? The one in your rum. My what? R-O-O-M. Rum. Are you trying to say room? Oh my god, it just sounded like you said rum. I totally heard rum. Shut up. Your FICO score sucks, and you're an Ivy League virgin. Hey! Go Pats! Who the fuck? What is that? We're gonna die! Tink, I'm sorry I'm so mean to you. It's just my conflicted sexual feelings towards you. Wait, what? Then why are you so mean to me? You're kind of an asshole. Just then, the front door swings open, silhouetted by the lightning. Did I happen to mention there was a thunderstorm? Silhouetted by the lightning, the lurking figure of Professor Linearity limps into the room. The room, the room, the room, the room. She has a cast on one foot and one on her hand. Her shirt is soaked in blood. Attached by a carabiner to her belt loop is a giant keychain with hundreds of keys attached. Who are you? And what the hell are you doing in my cabin? Ah! Uh, my God, she's wearing Crocs. Ew, they're hideous. 
Relax, I've got a couple of pair of Crocs. They're comfy. Ugh, see? This is what I mean. You're always negating the premise. Asshole. Listen, I don't care who you are. You're all in great danger. Have any of you seen a golden monkey claw? Ooh, is that the new canned alcoholic soda water? I love acai goji guarana. So clank. No, it's a powerful talisman that can grant your darkest wishes, bring the dead to life, and curse your soul for eternity. Like what happened to Johnny Depp's career? Sick burn. I know, right? Chad, one of Professor Arity's students, runs into the room. Oh, did I hear the sweet sound of Tang? What happened to the friends you brought? Oh, you mean my Asian friend and my black friend? I told them to wait in the car. I only brought them here for racial diversity. You do realize you're Asian, Chad. I am? Chad Yamamoto. Cool. Uh, well, technically, I'm one quarter Filipina. Oh my god, other Becky, no one cares. <sighs> I'm starting to see what you mean, Beck. Look, if the monkey paw gets back into the cabin, we're all fucked. Have you left any doors or windows open? <sighs> Only for a second when I farted. But then I got cold and closed it. See? They all enter other Becky's room. The window is wide open. All eyes turn towards the wall where the monkey head was. It's gone now. Oh, shit. Everyone runs into the living room. Buzz. Oh, my God. It's the old dude I blew to stay at the cabin. The guy with the powder ages? Oh, what's wrong with his head? Buzz. This nondescript person from Lenny's past stands in the room. His head is cocked to one side. Out of his neck is the monkey head sewn on crudely. Under his arm, Buzz holds the bloody heads of a young black man and a young Asian man. Oh, come on. Why do the minorities always die for... Buzz swings his arm through Chad's chest. His hand bursts out Chad's back in a spray of blood. Except it's not a hand. It's been replaced by the shriveled golden monkey paw. The paw's bloody fingers waggle hello. Hiya, Linny. Missing something? Fuck. This again? Buzz, the nondescript and yet strikingly handsome person from Lenny's past, stands over the bloody body of Chad, a hole punched through his chest. In Buzz's hands are the heads of a young black male and a young Asian male. They are dead. In the room, 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 in the room, in the room, in the room, 
in the room with Buzz are Lenny, Tink, Becky, and other Becky. Their faces are white with fear. Buzz takes a step towards them, and they all gasp. <gasps> Sweet Jesus, what is that incessant noodling pashing itself off as music? It's a public domain ripoff of a tired band of hippies from San Francisco named... Ow! Pick a time signature, you sloppy, sloppy drummers. Agree on a single key, you motherfuckers. It's like listening to Asperger's. Why would adult humans come together and make this sonic abortion by their own free will? Buzz takes a step to the right and picks up the record player. He smashes it down on the ground. Ah, that's better. Now, time to make the donuts. Um, that's like a reference before my time. Can you Gen Z it up a scooch? Thanks. I'm going to fucking kill each one of you. Slowly and painfully. I like the donut one better, BT Dubs. Buzz holds out his hand, which has been replaced with a golden monkey paw. On his shoulder, the monkey's head crudely or cruelly sewn on, shrieks a high-pitched wail, an ejaculation of misery and elation at the sight of its former paw. Buzz joins the monkey's passionate screams with a guttural, baritone rumble. It goes on for some time. Then it suddenly stops. Then suddenly picks right back up where it stops. Then it slowly, ever so slowly fades away. As if a beleaguered audio engineer were dragging down the faders on their tracks. Buzz puts the monkey paw to his head, closes his eyes, and begins to chant in a strange, ancient dead language not heard aloud for thousands of years. Oh, grandpata de mano, por favor, concedeme el poder de golpear a mis enemigos. Estas tres mujeres y una tonta inteligente. Translated to English, Buzz said, Oh, great monkey paw, please grant me the power to smite mine enemies, these three dumb women and one smart one. While Buzz is speaking, Becky, Tink, and Lenny tiptoe out of the room, 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 out of the room, 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 shit. Guys, you forgot about me. Don't leave me with this murderous, nondescript yet very, very handsome man. But other Becky is not heard by her friends. Buzz opens his eyes and points the monkey paw at other Becky. You, young woman, pure of being untouched by another, shall die this evening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. In the used Kia Soul, Lenny drives away from the cabin. Tink, 
sits next to her with Becky in the back seat. That was a close one. I know, right? Becky leans forward. Have you two ever noticed that you guys really, really, really sound similar? Like, eerily similar? No, not at all. I'm an educated middle-aged woman with a pedigree who makes her living teaching at the university level. Yeah, and I'm a vacuous, shrill, vocal fry-hindered young woman who loves clear malted alcoholic beverages, partying, getting fucked, and texting. No, I'm serious. You two both sound very similar. Tink, say this. The rain in Spain falls softly on the plain. The rain in Spain falls softly on the plain. Now you, Linny. The rain in Spain falls softly on the... Ah, hot, greasy, yak fat. Fuck! What? We forgot about other Becky. Did we? Uh... The virginal other Becky who is working on her thesis? That other Becky? How could we leave her behind? We have to go back. Yeah, she's kind of like a bit of an energy vampire. I mean, I like her and all, but maybe she's better off back at the cabin with Buzz. Do you know what I mean? No, Becky, I do not. She's our friend. Sure, she's pretentious and low energy and a beta cock sometimes. But she's the only other Becky we've got. Both of you! Shut up! You are tiny-brained morons! We are going back for her. Now! Oh, now I hear it. We do sound the same. Back at the cabin, other Becky cowers as Buzz and his monkey paw approach. Please don't hurt me. I can't die now. I've never had sex before. I've never been to Paris. I haven't even seen any of the Star Wars movies. Definitely don't start with the prequels. Really? This is the order you need to watch them. Episode 4, then 5, but don't go right into Return of the Jedi. Jump back to 1. Oh, The Phantom Menace. Just call it 1. Then 2, 3, then finish with Return of the Jedi. Very clean and clear. Uh, uh... So you won't kill me? No, I couldn't. Only a terrible, awful person would not enjoy the Star Wars cinematic universe. (sighs) What truth be told, I'm more of a Star Trek person. Then on this night, you will die. Howl as you like, for your screams will go unheeded. Buzz moves closer to other Becky, when suddenly... Stop! Don't you hurt that girl! At the front door, John Carmichael 
a native New Englander, not counting Connecticut, enters the cabin. You think you're better than me? Do ya? John Michael Carmichael Jr., you son of a bitch. I thought you were dead. Rumors of my demise have been largely exaggerated. Let's dance, fucknut. They fight. Outside the cabin, Professor Linny Arity slams the Kia Soul into park. It's a used car, so she doesn't really care if she drives it rough. Okay, listen. We're in, and we're out. We're just going back for other Becky. Nothing else. Do you understand? Tink and Becky nod. They probably understand, but... Who can really tell with young people anyway? With their tweets and their TikToks and their Snapchats. And, you know, it reminds me of a story from my young adult days. It has no clear ending, but it was, uh, it was 1990 in Seattle. No, 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 no. Fine, fine. They quickly get out of the soul. Guys, do you hear that? It sounds racist. Becky holds a hand to her ear and listens closer. It sounds so familiar to me. <gasps> Park the car in Harvard Yard. It's someone from Boston. So it is racist. Oh no. That must mean... The front door of the cabin bursts open as John Michael Carmichael Jr. pushes Buzz out onto the porch. Buzz lands with a thud on his nondescript but movie star quality ass. You thought I was dead, huh? Wicked stupid of you. I swore on Nomar's handsome face that I wasn't gonna die by your hands. And I ain't no queer! John Michael Carmichael Jr. was short in stature, but very, very buff. His arms were as thick as Christmas hams, his thighs as wide as Christmas turkeys, and his pecs puffed up like Christmas meringue pies. Ooh, now I'm hungry. Other Becky peeks out the door, terrified of the commotion. She catches Tink's eyes. Other Becky, come on, hurry! Other Becky shuffles on the porch. Faster, goddammit, pick up your feet! <laughs> it's these slippers. I'm going as fast as I can. From the ground, Buzz reaches up his left hand also known as the Golden Monkey Paw, to other Becky. She becomes frozen in place. 
Uh, uh, I can't move! Not so fast, girl. I have to put my seed in your womb. And then you can die. No, she can't. She's a virgin. A virgin? Aren't y'all in college? (laughs) Sounds like a lesbian to me. I'm not a lesbian. I just wanted to be special. What's more special than giving birth to the primate Antichrist? <laughs> Golden blobs of what can only be described as diaper taffy ooze out of the monkey paw and levitate in the air towards other Becky. <laughs> runs onto the porch and dives in the way of the bubble sacks of evil monkey sperm. They splash onto her stomach. Tink hits the ground. Buzz loses concentration and other Becky unfreezes. (gasps) OMG, other Becky, were you not able to breathe like that? No, it just seemed like the right thing to do in this moment. That's it, you motherfucker. I'm taking care of this. John Carmichael lifts up Buzz and swings him around in circles. Whoa! 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 (laughs) He tosses Buzz like a shot put into the middle of the lake. John is so fucking strong. Oh my god. Buzz sinks into the water. Is that it? He'll He'll be be back. back. Damn. I was hoping this would conclude soon. Uh, Tink writhes uh, on the porch, clutching her uterus and pussy. Everyone turns and looks at her. Guys, I don't feel so good. Linny runs onto the porch. Everyone crouches around Tink. Tink, just hold on. It's going to be okay. Did his gummy cummy hit you in the tummy? Linny inspects Tink's stomach. Tink reaches up and... Touches other Becky's face and smiles through tears. I saved you. But why? Why did you do that for me? Seriously, why? Other Becky's the worst. I'm I'm so cold. <laughs> Lenny, we gotta get it out of her. Don't you think I know that? What do you mean, get it out of her? Tink, I'm gonna need you to push. What? You need to give birth before it has time to grow into a fully formed primate antichrist. Uh, I'm lost. This was all explained in the first movie. Push, Tink, push! This is seriously fucked up. Push! Push, you coos! Push! The Antichrist tumbles out of Tink's jean skirt and suffocates quickly with its underdeveloped lungs and the smell of John Carmichael's cologne. Is it dead? Oh, that's wicked gross. Yeah, it's dead all right. But so is... Tink! No! Oh no, my poorest friend! Oh God, why? She died. 
in primate antichrist birth. <sighs> Fuck. Fuck. You did this. You forced her to have the baby. We had no choice. We couldn't risk it. Check a pocket. What? That's what you do when you find a dead body in Boston. You check the pockets. Linny checks Tink's pockets. She pulls out her student ID. Nothing but this student ID. Tink Goya Schmaltz. Goya Schmaltz. Now why does that sound so familiar? Linny and John look at each other. Your friend. Was she adopted? Yeah. (gasps) Oh my god. Tink was my daughter. Rizzoli and Isles, Goya Schmaltz. That was the young couple who adopted my baby. A major plot point in the first movie. That explains why you guys have the same exact voice. Yeah, I, I really didn't hear it, but oh no! My baby! My baby is dead! God damn you, monkey paw. I'm destroying that thing if it's the last thing I do. Heck yeah! Wicked smart! It's like Tom Brady! Becky, in the car. I have an idea. Other Becky, you stay here with John Carmichael and watch the house. Bury the body while you're at it. Oh, but my thesis! I got a thesis for you right here. John Carmichael flexes his back muscles. Becky is appalled, but other Becky suddenly feels her heart beating in her virginal loins. Oh, never mind. You're right. I'm cool to stay here with Mr. Carmichael Jr. Then let's go. Boy, oh boy, is it about to get interesting. As the sun goes down, John Carmichael digs a grave for the recently deceased Tink. This ought to be big enough for that fucking bitch. Why do you talk like that about her? Do you hate her? No, no, no. Now that's how we talk about all women. In my culture, it's a sign of respect. Respect? You know, you got a lot of questions. Yeah, you're making my head hurt. I just want to, I don't know, learn more about you. What the fuck do you want to know? I don't know. Where are you from? Originally Southie, but when I was a kid, we got out, you know, moved to Dorchester. Why? Too many, uh, how do I say this, uh, too many non-Irish people moving in, you know what I mean? You mean people of color? 
No, no. People think that Boston is a racist city. That's not true. In Boston, we hate everybody, irregardless of skin color. We hate the Italians and the Greeks and the, what do you call them, the blacks and the, the Mexicans and the Jews and everybody. You know, everyone is equal in being fucking hated. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I don't think that's a word. What word? Irregardless. They said you were still a virgin. That's right. I was wondering why until just now. Listen, slide that corpse over here, will you? Which one? The girl with the, the fucked up name. Uh, Twink uh, or Tinky or whatever. Tink. Yeah. How many fucking corpses are there? Uh, Tink and Chad and Chad's Asian friend and Chad's black friend. Fuck. What's wrong? I gotta dig more holes. Hey, you notice that all the characters that showed up in the third episode were like fucking instantly killed off in the fourth episode? Somebody doesn't fucking understand the basic rules of improv, I guess. I don't know what you mean. Exactly. Some people think yes and means everybody has to agree with everything they say. You know, I smoked pot with Del Close in Chicago in 1986, and he told me that was fucking bullshit. Wait, I'm confused. It seems like you're arguing with someone other than me. I thought you were the smart one. I am. But I'm so much more than that. Other Becky takes off her glasses and lets down her hair. Holy shit. Suddenly... It's apparent to John Carmichael that she is physically attractive. I never noticed it because of those fucking Coke bottle glasses. But you're fucking hot. How old are you? I skipped third grade and seventh grade. And... Uh, uh, stop. That's, that's just too much information just to stop. What? So, you're in college, right? Oh, yeah. I got into Yale early. Uh, uh, most people in college are over 18, right? Most people, yeah. But I'm... Shh! Listen. Age is nothing but a number. John Michael Carmichael Jr., have you ever imagined your naked body mashed down on top of a 17-year-old under bright fluorescent lights? No, but I have a rule against imagining myself in a state of undress and unflattering lighting. Why, have you? No, but Becky talks about it constantly. The other Becky? No, I'm the other Becky. She's Becky. Well, you're the only Becky as far as I'm concerned. Oh my god, that's like the sweetest thing. Oh, do you think maybe that you want to make out with me? I fucking know I do. Get down here in this hole. Other Becky jumps into the grave with John Carmichael. They look at each other. For a long moment. John Carmichael. Julia. That's my name. Don't wear it out. It was a look, heavy with meaning, but neither one had any idea what it meant. So they kissed. Oh. oh. It's so dirty in this hall. Well, it is a hole in the dirt, so, you know, the figures. Why, do you think we're safe in that buzz guy? Not really. But we got time. For what? The entire
entire fucking Kama Sutra, South Boston style. How long is that gonna take? Oh, about five minutes. Maybe three. Meanwhile, the sun has gone down and the full moon shines down on the still, mirror-like surface of Sawmill Lake. Far away in Los Angeles, a certain writer and part-time podcaster can't sleep because he's convinced that the full moon keeps him awake. But here, everything seems peaceful. But under the surface, something is moving. Something unspeakable that should be long dead, but isn't. Something that is driven by an evil so old, so monstrous, that it is difficult to describe. So difficult to describe that we'll just settle with calling it indescribable since we're not getting paid for this crap. The sounds coming from the dirty, dirty hole outside the cabin echo across the lake, disturbing the peace and tranquility as if in response to their growing urgency Ripples form in the water until, finally, something breaks the surface! Meanwhile, Professor Linearity is grinding the gears of her used Kia Souls it zooms down a deserted country road. Is this your car? Yes, why do you ask? It seems like you don't know how to drive a stick. I'm not a car person. I got this car because I love that Kia Soul song. What Kia Soul song? You know, that new one. It sounds like an alt-rock ballad from the 90s. It's queued up on my CD player. What do you think? I think old people like shitty things. Please, turn it off now. That's fair. That song makes me think of a naked 55-year-old podcaster lying naked on top of an underage girl under horrific fluorescent lighting. Jesus, why? I don't know. Everything makes me think about that. I think about that all the time. Well, that's fucking weird. Speaking of weird, do you think other Becky's gonna be okay with that Carmichael guy? John Michael Carmichael Jr. is the toughest man I know. He's the only person who has fought with the golden monkey paw and lived. Really? The toughest man you know? Yes. I think you need to meet more people. (laughs) Oh shit, that's the turn! Linny turns her badly abused car off the road onto a dirt road. A dark, unlit dirt road that goes into an old, deserted graveyard. What the fuck? This is where the monkey was buried when I first dug him up. Gross! 
Lenny slows down and finally stops the car. The night is dark and murky. The full moon barely provides any illumination through the thick, choking mist and the gnarled branches of the old willow trees that hang like skeletal mourners over the tilted, moss-covered graves. This is the place. Lenny pops the trunk and pulls out two shovels. Why do you have shovels in your trunk? I'm an archaeologist. Did you know that Laura Croft was based off of me? Not with that ass, she wasn't. <laughs> okay, based on me and a younger, taller, fitter colleague, but she died. How? Zombie attack or something. Maybe COVID? I don't remember. Come on. Where are we going? This is where the monkey paw was found. I'm betting that the one thing that will banish it forever is also buried here. Becky reluctantly gets out of the Kia Soul and follows Linny into the dark, foggy graveyard. That really doesn't make any sense. Why would somebody bury something evil next to something that could make it go away? Why not just make it go away? Then you don't have to do any digging and everything will be fine. I thought other Becky was the smart one. Ow! Fuck me. What happened? I stubbed my toe. Again. As the two women walk into the night, the trusty Kia Soul waits quietly in the spooky graveyard. The car is locked with its keys, along with about two dozen others and a bunch of tiny carabiners safely inside. Meanwhile, back at the lake, John Carmichael is snoring. Larry Bird. And something, something not quite human, is walking out of Sawmill Lake. In the misty recesses of an abandoned graveyard, Becky, the co-ed, and Professor Linny Arity are standing deep in an open grave, flinging out shovelfuls of earth. Explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. What are we digging for again? How can I make it any clearer? When they buried the cursed golden monkey paw, I'm almost positive they also buried the only thing that can stop the cursed golden monkey paw. In the same grave! Couple things. First, I thought the claw was defeated when that guy from Boston threw Buzz into the lake. He'll be back. Second, 
might didn't you just grab the anti-evil paw thing when you dug up the golden monkey paw in the first place? Didn't you watch the first movie? Just, just watch the first movie. What first movie? Shut your Gen Z pie hole and dig, you drain on society. Okay, fine. Ow! God, ow! Are you fucking kidding me? You dug your shovel into my foot! Oh, fuck. Oh, you cut off my big toe! It's the full moon! It fucks up my sleep and everything. Ooh, I think I found the golden monkey paw coffin. Any sign of my toe? What is that? Becky reaches into the coffin and holds up a gnarled blue monkey paw in the pale moonlight. Is this it? I thought you said you found the monkey paw grave. The gravestone said, quote, Here lies the something-something monkey paw. What? Linny turns to the gravestone, which is obscured by overgrown vines. She rips them aside. You moron! It says, here lies the indigo monkey paw. That's like the third time tonight. First, it was the bronze monkey foot. Then it was the chartreuse monkey tail. What is this place exactly? Lightning strikes, illuminating the decrepit graveyard sign. It says... Unnaturally Colored Monkey Parts Cemetery. Oh, come on. You come on. Back to digging. Back at Sawmill Lake, John Michael Carmichael Jr. reclines against a mound of fresh earth. He takes a long drag on a Newport menthol. Other Becky digs a pathetic-looking grave for the two decapitated bodies of the black and Asian students who were denied entry into this predominantly white nightmare. Noma? Still really white. Noma! Just saying a person of color's name doesn't make you not racist. Fuck. Ah, I think I'm getting a blister digging these graves. And I still have to type my thesis tonight. I fucking popped your cherry. Not to mention I saved your ass from Buzz and that monkey's paw. This is the thanks I get? Oh, he'll be back. What's he gonna do? Swim back to shore and rip out my heart with his fucking monkey claw on an act of demonic retribution? Ah! What? Uh, nothing. It just seemed like the right thing to say at the time. Ah, you coozes with your making sounds with your mouths. I got something for your mouth. Oh. A dirt-stained buzz steps into frame. Silhouetted by the moonlight, he raises the golden monkey paw, which is attached where his left hand used to be. Um, meant to time my entrance with the lightning. Stupid mug. But now I have returned to exact my revenge. Oh, this guy. You destroyed my family, ruined my life, 
and sent me into the hell that is the golden monkey paw. That was your choice. We used to be like brothers. You, the unbelievably handsome yet oddly unmemorable one, and me, the five-foot-tall, 220-pound loaf of pure muscle, both of us bound by a mutual love of keys. Wait, how did you know each other? First First movie. movie. I don't know what that means. You think you're the boss of me? Buzz swings his monkey claw at John Carmichael, who instinctively reaches out and protects himself with the headless body of the Asian student. Buzz rips out the student's left lung, leaving a huge hole. John Carmichael peers through the gaping wound. All right, we got some representation here. Asian dude got some screen time. It was Marty Yu's biggest role to date. You want to fucking dance, Buzz? Let's fucking dance. John Carmichael flings the Asian student's lifeless body at Buzz. Oh my god, I really believed he was dead. That's amazing. Buzz raises his arms up to shield himself. John Carmichael uses the distraction to grab Buzz's gnarled monkey arm. He yanks, pulling Buzz off balance. Hey! With minimal effort, John Carmichael hefts Buzz onto his shoulders and spins him around in a fireman's carry. Seriously, please don't put me back in the lake. Do you know how fucking hard it is to swim straight with a monkey paw and a human hand? With a heave, John Carmichael throws Buzz at inhuman distance, 40 yards into the deepest part of the lake. Asshole! Come on, other Becky! John Carmichael roughly grabs other Becky's arm as he drags her back toward the cabin. Why did you throw him into the lake when you know he can swim? Ah, shit, he's my key, bro. We got a code. John Carmichael's eyes flare up in rage. He grabs other Becky roughly by the shoulders. It's got nothing to do with the franchise. It's a universal code that every key bro knows. Now, let's get back to the cabin. She latches onto his arm seductively. Yeah, let's. Let's finish what you barely started. He races toward the cabin with Becky in tow. Other Becky's feet drag along the ground. Are you fucking kidding me? Run like a normal person. My slippers are a half size too big. But they only come in all sizes. Damn it! John Carmichael drags other Becky to the cabin's front porch. They burst into the living room there. Backlit by the fading, flickering firelight is Buzz. He's dripping with swampy lake water, laughing maniacally. (laughs) Turns out I figured out the swimming thing pretty quick. With whip-like speed, Buzz's human hand reaches out and grabs John Carmichael by the throat, holding his body a full foot off the ground. What's the matter, John Carmichael? I'm not killing off any characters. What rules of improv am I breaking now? Yes, and I think it's time for me to spawn my primate antichrist. Oh, to me, to me! Buzz raises his other arm, the monkey paw one. The skeletal fingers tremble as a greasy yellow ball of diaper taffy forms in the palm. Uh. 
can we do it the regular way? Buzz flicks his wrist, and the ball of demon sperm launches at other Becky. It ricochets clumsily off her forehead. Ow! Um, hey, I actually, I'm totally DTF now, because I'm like experienced now. Buzz gives a non-committal shrug and flings another glob of simian spooge. It misses completely and splats against the cabin wall. I'm serious. I'm totes down for Bone Town. No need to waste precious baby batter. She sits down on the floor and spreads her legs. Blops of jizz land vaguely near and around her crotch. She's covered in fetid sperm. Oh, come to mama. Uh, really? Uh, I mean... Just then, the door bursts open, and in limps Professor Linny Arity. She holds a dirt-encrusted wooden box under her splinted arm. Becky steps in behind her. Oh, thank God. This ends now. A stray globule of curdled nut butter hits Becky square in the face. Ooh, this again? Linny? That's Professor Linny Arity to you, Buzz. Uh, this place smells like ass sweat and Clorox. Are you even hydrating? And I finally found what can stop you. Technically, I found it, because I did, like, most of the digging. This ends now. Linny holds up the box. It crackles with energy. Unless it doesn't, because, you know... Franchise? Shut up, Becky. You're out of your element. Linny opens the box, and a white light envelops the room. Room, room, room. Envelops the room. Room, 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 room. What? No! Linny holds the wooden box out in front of her. A bright white light emanating from within, illuminating the room. Uh, the room. room. The, the square walled-off area inside the cabin. Buzz recoils, holding his hands to his face in an attempt to shield himself from the lambency. Nice word. Behind Linny, Becky wipes the monkey paw generated semen that Buzz threw at her off of her face. Fucking get him, Linny. Unbeknownst to the others in the room, room, including other Becky and John M. Carmichael Jr., Becky flings the demonic ejaculate off of her hand onto the cracked hardwood floor. A tiny globule remains on the tip of her finger. She puts her digit to her mouth and samples the penis pudding. Hmm. Egg whites and salt water. Thought it would have tasted more... evil? Didn't think I knew about the anti-monkey paw. Paw. Did you, Buzz? 
close the box, Linny. Please. No, Buzz. Not this again. Linny takes a step forward, the light bathing Buzz in a white, blinding glow. Buzz, I'm so close. I'm going to. I'm going to. Not before I do. The man has to finish first. Oh, I'm not sure that's how it works. Ah, sweet Jesus, I'm coming. We are in a flashback. Specifically from the first movie, which doesn't exist according to the conceit. Somewhere in Chicago, Del Close just killed herself. Buzz rolls off of Linny. <sighs> what about my needs, Buzz? Give me a second, Linny. Let me have a quick bite to eat, and I'll return to a state of tumescence. And then and then only will I reciprocate your orgasm. God, sometimes I could just listen to you talk. Do you find me sexy? I'm a professor of archaeology, so at best I'm a five. So yes. And I'm a Scottish relic hunter whose accent is sometimes a little bit Irish. So I'm a hard seven. A six when my back knee flares up. I know you've tried everything, Buzz. Loofahs, retin-A, volcanic ash, oatmeal baths. I am a goddamn zit farmer on these slabs of man back. Stop. You're... Ugh, you're turning me on. Let me make a whitefish sandwich and regain my zeal for lovemaking. You didn't eat all the shable, did you? Hurry back. Oh, and brush your teeth. I've got some whitefish for you once you return. Buzz exits the room. Oh, God. I've tried to respect the writing, Steve, but Del Close is not a woman. I met him. And he's already dead. Do you even fucking Google your references? Fuck. I'm gonna... This is bullshit. Okay, control your anger, John. Control your anger. You are a professional, all right? You can do this. <clears throat> Buzz moves through Linny's condo. It is appointed with ancient artifacts, tasteful furniture, and one of those annoying essential oil aroma reed diffuser thingamabobs. Yuck. Buzz enters Linny's kitchen and starts to make himself a whitefish sandwich. Buzz, hurry up! Get back into this bedroom. Mama needs an O. I'm fueling up, woman. Fuck. Despite their barbs, Buzz and Linny were very, very much in love. They had met at Archaeology Con in San Diego and immediately fell in love. Linny, educated and poised, full of passion and dedicated to her work, fell for Buzz. A rogue pursuer of ancient relics, fully committed to discovering new civilizations and bringing them to the modern world. Lenny, do you have whole grain mustard? It's in the door of the refrigerator. That's not whole grain. It's Dijon. You know I like the mustard with the whole grain. I didn't have time to go to 
Trader Joe's earlier because I had office hours. You could have fucking texted me. I needed to shop before I came over. What? I said I love you and I'm going to devour your love box with my tongue. Oh, can you get that? I'm warming up my bean. Buzz picks up the phone. Arity residence. Is that Linny? She's, well, she's indisposed at the moment. Can I take a message? Tell her it's J.P. Cutter. I'm her teacher's assistant from the last semester. That's it? Tell her that I'm still in love with her, and I know how she really feels about the Scottish-Irish relic hunter. When she finally breaks it off with him, which she has talked about to me, I'll be there for her. There to be her younger, more passionate lover. Does she have your number? Of course. Bye-bye. Buzz holds the receiver out from his ear, staring a thousand yards into the distance. Linny, my sweet love, I can't lose you to someone else. Someone else with the terrible name of J.P. Cutter. Tears streak down Buzz's cheeks. But before he can get out a good cry, there's a rapping at the window. Buzz sees a short, bespectacled man on the other side, waving at him. Buzz creaks open the window. Yes? Hi. I'd like to share the good news with you this evening. Listen, Jehovah's Witnesses are the Fredo Corleone of Christianity. I'm not here to sell you religion, but I am here to help change your life. Then what do you want, short man? I'm about to pleasure my lover and then confront her on the tryst she is having with her teaching assistant. The short man produces a burlap bag. He pulls out the contents. A golden monkey paw, sparkling in the light of the full moon, which sometimes keeps people from sleeping and is a real thing that has been documented. It's beautiful. What is it? The golden monkey paw is a portal to a life where you have all the control that you've always desired. A talisman that grants the bearer unimaginable powers. Why are you giving it to me? I cannot tell you. Take it, and you will find out why. The short man hands the monkey paw to Buzz. It lingers out in the space between the two men for a moment. Buzz, unsure if he should accept this gift. Oh, Buzz, when you come back to bed, I want to watch Love Actually with the sound off. Helps me nut faster. And with that, Buzz takes the golden monkey paw. Who are you? I'm unconvicted serial killer and podcaster Steve Owens. Make sure to download, like, and review Fascination Street, available wherever you download podcasts. Did you really break into Nooner's scripted pod within a pod, Buzzsaw 2, this again, Miami Nights, to promote your own podcast? Is that what's happening? Yes, 
And don't forget to head on over to thelogopop.com for all your phone pop needs. I'm sorry, are you mad? I'm just so impressed. Will you take me with you? But the short man has vanished. And we are back in the cabin as the flashback is over. It was from the first movie and we reused the footage without paying the actors, padding the runtime of this film. <laughs> Pretty neat trick. Fuck you, Screen Actors Guild. Lenny, please. Buzz. Buzz, I, I can't. I still love you. Lenny closes the box and the rum goes silent. The room, the room goes silent. The, Lenny closes the box and the area goes silent. Lenny clutches the box to her chest. Everyone stares at her in a state of shock. Well, everyone but Buzz. He weakly smiles up at Lenny, using up some of his quickly diminishing energy. So, wait, Lenny. That means we're Eskimo sisters? What? Because we've both hooked up with that old guy. We flash back to when Becky was blowing Buzz in order to get the cabin. I'm gonna come, Tums. Come, Tums. Come, Tums. Getting old is truly cruel. Back in real time. I knew it, Lenny. I knew you loved me. Of course I do, Buzz. But the thing on your hand is evil. Oh, I don't know what to do. I fucking do. Give me that box. John Michael Carmichael Jr. snatches the box from Lenny. You might have muffed this up, but I won't. John opens the box. Please, John, no! You can't do this to me either. I thought I killed you once. I can sure as fuck do it again. But don't you remember? Here comes one of greater importance if he makes it. And it's right down the pipe. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. The year is 2002. Somewhere in Littleton, Colorado, an 11-year-old girl is counting down the days until she can move to Los Angeles and achieve her dreams of becoming a podcast host. But we, we're in New England at John Michael Carmichael Jr.'s house. 
I knew they could do it. They've been cheating their whole careers for this moment. Fuck yeah, cheating is the best. <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on, buddy? Oh, nothing. I've been just getting the feeling that Linny has been cheating on me. This scene was before the last flashback, so Buzz doesn't know about J.P. Cutter yet. And if you haven't seen the first movie, you really should. It's fucking good. That bitch. Well, don't worry about expressing emotion around me. I know I seem tough, but I've been known to sprinkle some jimmies here and there for my eyes. What makes you cry, John? John Michael Carmichael Jr. ponders this. He has known a lot of sorrow in his life, but one thing stuck out to him in particular. I, I, I cooked a parakeet once, and all, all I could think of as I sucked the meat off its tiny bones is that it may have belonged to an old Chinese lady whose family was too lazy to drive two towns over to get it veterinary care. <laughs> Buzz and John weep softly together. Actually, you know what? Just to get ahead of this, and this is Cassandra writing, I'm just uh, reading my lines. There's absolutely nothing gay about two men crying together or men in general showing emotion. In fact, it's really healthy, and we'd probably have a lot less problems like domestic abuse and mass shootings if men could live in a society where they felt secure enough to express emotion. Again, absolutely nothing gay about this. Well, except in this moment, this moment it was kinda gay as Buzz lightly touched the outside of John's pinky with his pinky. And then, and then they clasped hands. And then their hands were on each other's thighs. Closer and closer as they wailed out tears until finally. What are we doing? I don't know. The two men kissed deeply and passionately as if something has been awakened in them for the very first time. John Carmichael stands up and rips off his shirt in one pull. Then he rips off Buzz's shirt in another pull, legit so strong. Take me, John Michael Carmichael Jr. Take me. It might be February outside, but in here it's about to be Sam Adams' fucking Oktoberfest. That's what John calls his penis. John Carmichael spins Buzz around and takes off his pants and his chonies. Slide your bobsled into my bobsled track. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Winter Olympics are next week. It's 2002! It's 2002! John Carmichael winces as he tries to remain strong, but then he closes the box. Linny's mouth hangs open. She fixes an angry glare onto Buzz. Buzz, what the fuck? I wanted to tell you. 
Right. But you were so fucking sad when you heard about me and J.P. Cutter that you took the golden monkey paw from that weird man. I thought all of this was my fault. But you cheated on me first. Tom Brady just won his first fucking Super Bowl, Lenny. Guys were doing this all over New England. Don't take it so personally. So, I guess, Eskimo siblings? Tom, Tom. Ugh, yuck. This is all your fault, Becky. You just had to get us a cabin for the weekend. Tink and a bunch of diverse people are dead. There's this fucking cursed monkey paw. And worst of all, we're wrapped up in these old people's icky sex drama. I thought it would be fun. Miami Nights, remember? And that was Tink's idea, you fucking bitch. Other Becky charges at Becky. They smack the shit out of each other. Finally, John Carmichael separates them. That's enough. Women fighting is only hot for a few seconds. Then you guys get ugly. Who the fuck is that? John Carmichael stomps over to the cabin door and swings it open. A youngish-looking Gen X couple stands on the porch. We're busy. What the fuck do you want? We're sorry to bother you, but our daughter sent off an SOS on her iPhone with her location. I'm surprised we were even able to figure it out with these damn phones. Have you seen her? Her name is Tink Goya Schmaltz. Like the screens keep getting bigger, and that somehow makes it harder. What's up with that? Holy shit. Are you who I think you are? Rizzoli and Isles Goya Schmaltz! Don't forget about me! Who the fuck else is it? A tall, skinny townie wearing overalls and an old hat comes out from the other side of a truck parked outside. Well, I'm Jojo, the tire guy. He gave us directions. And no, that doesn't make me a beta cuck. Now somebody tell me where my daughter is. Holy shit, that's a lot of characters introduced in the last 30 seconds. Looks like this will be going on for much, much longer. Uh. Ah, wow, I wonder who has to write that next fucking one. This is... Holy shit, it's fucking me, motherfucker.